The Yearbook Podcast. I'm your host, Doug. Says in the yearbook at hotmail.com. You can subscribe, find us uh, wherever podcasts are available. And the email address I just gave you is to contact us. Uh, nurses and flight attendants are who this is for. We only have time uh, for just some quick notes. That is a relevant question. Why we only have time for a few quick notes since we're putting this on the internet, which is infinite. Podcasting is fun for nobody, mister. Subscribe. Uh, doesn't exhaustive... This was not on the topic list. This is just something I just thought of. Doesn't exhaustive, the word, seem like kind of a compliment, like a left-handed compliment, which itself is a left-handed compliment? It kind of seems like half a compliment, not a 100% compliment. Uh, we're thinking of exhaustive as it relates to the podcast, the Boston Globes, Spotlight investigative team put together on Aaron Hernandez, that same Spotlight investigative team from the movie Spotlight. We're just, even though this is not news, uh, the podcast is more than a year old. We're just going through that podcast called Gladiator Now. And so far, the Globe podcast about Aaron Hernandez is amazing. Even though at one point they refer to Aaron Hernandez's old high school as Bristol High School, which doesn't exist, but a thousand other times they refer to it as Bristol Central, which is correct. So obviously it was just a mistake. Critics praising Gladiator call it exhaustive, which is meant to be praise, but it still just seems like saying an idea is, oh, that's clever. Well, that's cute. Now, if you're cute, no offense. It's just kind of like, wow, that podcast was exhaustive, just not entertaining, informative, gripping, engaging, or good. Don't give Exhaustive a bad name. It's an excellent podcast, and Exhaustive it is. And that's a good thing. They got a hold of a lot of material, and it's like how they get that. Uh, important disclaimer, the Packers get a free pass on how they play the rest of this entire season, no matter how far it goes. This is only year one for their new coach, Matt LaFleur. But to say the Packers finally played well in a big game, finally, when they beat Seattle last weekend, that's – Really misleading. The Packers defied logic, all logic, by somehow beating the the Vikings twice and the Cowboys and the Chiefs and winning the division. What makes the Packers problematic is just how completely outclassed they looked at the 49ers and at the Chargers. When will the Packers look outclassed again? This weekend? In two weeks? Well, they can't possibly look outclassed in two weeks. But in uh, three weeks, no matter how far their season goes, will they look outclassed again this weekend against the 49ers? Uh, by the way, on their way to the Super Bowl, a funny thing happened on the way to the Packers winning the Super Bowl in 1996. This has no bearing. Different teams, different era, different everything, except for different uniforms for all of these teams we're about to mention. Green Bay was rolling, not undefeated, but rolling on their way to the Super Bowl in 1996 when they were a plane load of Packer fans. The plane was full of Packer fans going to Kansas City for the game with the Chiefs. But a funny thing happened. The Chiefs and the Cowboys absolutely ambushed the Packers on the road in back-to-back weeks. Uh-oh. During the regular season, although, and again, they went on to win the Super Bowl to the Packers, although that Packer team looked a lot more dominant than this one. Uh, Also, a lot was made the first time Green Bay played the 49ers that Green Bay head coach Matt LaFleur was facing his 49ers assistant coach brother during the regular season. That is not always such a highly publicized story. Gimmicks like that we love, but nobody else seems to. It seems like gimmicks like that were a bigger deal 20, 30 years ago. But it became a big story. Matt LaFleur playing against his 49ers assistant coach brother. We assume that for this game, too, it's also going to be uh, a big story. Not really mentioned 
at all, really, was uh, Green Bay receiver Jake Kummerow getting ambushed by his cousin on the 49ers and getting ambushed by his cousin on the Chargers during the regular season. And now he'll face cousin Nick Bosa again this Sunday and the 49ers. Also, the scene in the movie The Untouchables with uh, Robert De Niro playing the mob boss, mob boss Robert De Niro holding a baseball bat. That scene is based on Kumaro's great-grandfather. Not being mentioned. Brings us to Mike McCarthy, former Green Bay coach uh, Mike McCarthy, who won a Super Bowl, never quite got back over the next several years, presided over middling to bad defenses and special teams, ultimately lost his job, and now is the Cowboys head coach. The pros on McCarthy. He's not in Green Bay, and the special teams are still bad, and the defense is still statistically not among the best. But there's also a pro that that doesn't get highlighted, like, ever. McCarthy's Green Bay teams were always, always resilient. They were in dire straits. They had to play well. Well, they had to start winning. And next up, they had a game at New England in 2010, but they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. They had to try and win with quarterback Matt Flynn. And they all the players just had that look in their eyes. Like, we believe in the system. We are going to do this. We are going to win at New England. They didn't, but they came. They played excellently. excellently. They had the Patriots on the ropes, and they very nearly won. They did rebound and wind up continuing to win after that game and ultimately won the Super Bowl, including three road wins. And that's what they've done over and over and over. It's always struck us with the Seahawks and the fail Mary game. What was that in 2012 when the Packers, who had just lost one of the toughest losses in NFL history, the Packers actually had to come back on the field from being angry and hurt in the locker room. They had to come back on the field for a meaningless conversion. And it always struck us. That McCarthy's Packers, on the field, they did come. Put their helmets back on, they did. And they played that meaningless conversion and then left the field again. Over and over and over. Injuries. Losing star players. Terrible losses. They lose to an easy team. And now they've got four straight games against Super Bowl contenders. Over and over and over in McCarthy's tenure, the Packers always rebounded. They were just so resilient And it didn't seem like that often that they got credit for being that resilient. Now, ultimately, under McCarthy, Green Bay's second Super Bowl appearance that never came is what gets remembered. But McCarthy's teams always, sometimes, highly improbably, overcame adversity. And that by itself may be what the Cowboys need. Rules got in the way, as they often do in sports, of uh, watching a guy we really enjoyed watching. Uh, Sometimes we, maybe not you, maybe you, We'll watch a game only because we're intrigued by watching a particular coach work. Uh, we would have loved to have been on the Florida football sideline just to hear what Coach Steve Spurrier had to say and how he justified everybody uh, shuffling quarterbacks in and out or what he thought of his defense. When the Red Sox hired Alex Cora, we were like, whatever. Then he became fascinating. And now for his role in at least a Houston Astros cheating scandal, he's no longer managing and may not ever again, although we'll have to let the years go by and see. Cora was appointment viewing to us and we did say on this podcast at least a couple of times and maybe more we absolutely said this a couple of times Cora could not do anything wrong in 2018 every decision Cora made paid off on his way to the world championship well the investigation is not finished but now we have to say the assumption is Cora could do no wrong because the Red Sox were cheating although 
And seriously, I'm not trying to make excuses here. My guess is he's still a good manager. Stealing signs and intel, you would think, went a long way. But I would bet that Cora made a lot of decisions and won a lot of games that were not cheating-based. So, analytics has had a really rough offseason. The expanded and detailed stats, analytics, or sabermetrics that tell you how hard the batter is actually hitting at baseball and how much range an outfielder really has, etc., all those advanced metrics had changed baseball and fast. In the last two years, managers very creepily became a literal extension of the front office. I am an extension of the front office. Outfielders switched positions for every batter. Relief pitchers were starting games. Pitching changes were made for every batter. Previously highly regarded players were out of work. But then teams turned on analytics and fast. The Phillies and Mets fired their stats guru managers after just two years this offseason. And the Phillies replaced Gabe Kapler with not extension of the front office Joe Girardi. And the Angels went with the the outside-the-box and new-agey but not regarded as an analytics first guy Joe Madden. Now comes word that the Astros, despite the assistance of highly advanced sabermetrics, still felt the need to play an old sheet to win. And even more now comes word that Astro's disciple and analytics guru Cora, despite already being armed with reams of previously undiscovered data, apparently will have to wait for the report, still felt the need to play an old sheet to win. For all their advanced weaponry, they were helpless against a board with a nail in it. Doesn't it seem like that? And it's supposedly not just those two. Baseball says there were complaints about, this is a quote, a number of teams that there were questions about, unquote, in 2018. So all this certainly doesn't mean fan graphs are stupid, but it's telling on some level that winning still came down to banging out a bunch of trash cans. Is how this podcast should have ended. Stop the music. Because now we have seen the new Star Wars not giving anything away. We really, really liked it. Most importantly, more importantly, the only important thing is, what did you think of it? A lot of people talk about this doesn't give anything away. A lot of people talk about how you can actually see the movie laboring to wrap everything up nicely with a bow. But we didn't see any of that. 